Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. It is the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com. The entire gang is here. We've got a uh, plethora. Would you say I have a plethora? Yes, we have a plethora of news items to get to today. Uh, As uh, most notable on top of my head, and let's just get this shit out of the way finally. Just get it over with. (laughs) There's no one else to be caught up in this sting. It wasn't a sting. It was a robbery. Uh, Mikey Henderson, uh, a felony arrest warrant issued for him last night. Uh, He has been... It didn't take Lincoln long. I think it was probably... What time was it? About four thirty or so when I talked to the PIO. Well, no, it was later. Might have been that. a little bit later, yeah, like six forty after hours because yeah. yeah, I had an email with him. Something like that. Seven. It o'clock? was. It was right before seven o'clock. Uh, got word from uh, the PIO, uh, Cleveland County Sheriff's Office, that in fact he was in the database. He the warrant was issued, and then she gave me the charges. It was felony, uh, conjoined robbery, uh, conspiracy, and. You know, uh, assault with a deadly weapon. So uh, he is gone. It didn't take Lincoln too long to issue a statement saying that he had been dismissed from the team. And people that have been on the board that know we've talked about this. We'd alerted people on the board. Yes, he was being investigated, but we weren't going to report on it until a warrant had been issued, until the you know, or the investigation had come to a close. And they decided not to charge him. Uh, and maybe you wouldn't have even heard anything from us on that, but we waited. We didn't want to make a big deal out of it because people would freak out. Uh, and then when it kind of became a deal, like we, 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 I said, we've known this is going on, uh, in explaining, we're just waiting to find out if he is charged and he was, and, uh, it, you know, he is alleged to be a part of the trio of Trajan Bridges and Seth McGowan that robbed an apartment complex. Uh, at the Crimson Park Apartments. You guys know the story. Uh, and it was those three guys. I don't expect anything else to come out of this. It, it, for everything that I know, been tracking this since, what, May 7th or whatever when this happened? April 15th. April Was 15th. it April 15th? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, everything I've known. When, I, you know, when it first came out, you know, the, the initial officer had said he thought three people... Uh, you know, we did all the things. We went back over the night, uh, you know, the, the police scanner. Uh, Mikey Henderson's name was never mentioned in there. Uh, there were people, I know all of you guys were probably contacted by someone that said, yep. hey, Mikey Henderson was involved in this too. Uh, and my only thing was I knew the suspects 
I knew who they were looking at, and Mikey Henderson at the time wasn't one. This just launched, I would say, you know, I got wind that they started launching an investigation. I want to say it was a month ago, but it might have been longer. Uh, and that, you know, they thought he might have a possible involvement. And that's when I was like, okay, well, these people that kept telling us he was involved, they actually had, they actually knew something. Uh, and once we got concrete stuff, we were like, okay, he's, he's probably involved in this. It turns out he was, uh, at least according to, you know, an arrest, a felony arrest warrant charge. Uh, and now you go. I mean, OU's got to move on. They could finally move. I think it's probably a good thing they can move on from this. Uh, and, I can't imagine, I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm sympathetic, but can you imagine if you committed a crime with two other people and they had been charged and you hadn't? Like, just like what kind of hell would that be living through knowing that you could be in, the the cops could come knocking on your door at any time? I'd say it's probably the same mindset that you probably have when you make one of the most dumbass decisions possible and trying to rob a weed dealer. Do you think that he actually like thought that he was just going to get away with it, and he just just kind of like I, lived his life? I, there was normally? probably a certain aspect of his mind that thought that he had gotten away with it, that nobody was going to rat him out. It's just I it, guess you have to convince yourself of that, or you'll just go crazy. Sure, I, it's unimaginable, and I think that it's one of those things too that, like, again, it's we had heard the name out there. It it, it wasn't something that just kind of came out of out of uh, thin air. And when it resurfaced, I think that's, you know, towards the end of last week, I think that's when it started coming together that, yeah, his time in Norman's probably coming to an end. And, you know, I think that that's probably one of the questions that a lot of people asked yesterday is why it took so long, A, for charges to be brought, and B, for Oklahoma to make a move on it. And I think it's pretty obvious that they were waiting for charges to, uh, you know, be brought They were like or, us, waiting yeah. to talk about it. Absolutely. They, I mean, you can't kick someone off a team. Uh, you know, if you find out he's being investigated, because I'm sure that they knew, I'm sure questions were being asked of. I don't think that it was out of, out of nowhere that this right, happened yesterday. Right. And just judging off of Oklahoma's actions and the way that they quickly made the dismissal, I think that they're like us and they were kind of waiting for uh, the shoe to drop, if you will. Well, if you have a team full of people uh, setting the precedent that you get kicked off the team before you know you're even charged with a crime, that's not a precedent you want to set. Well, and I, I, I would go back all the way to uh, the spring game and remember how weird the Mikey Henderson experience yep, was that's with that. What I was trying to say, uh, yep. I mean, Bob, don't you remember? We were talking about it after the uh, yeah. after the spring game, just as far as he you wasn't know, mentally there on that afternoon. Absolutely, There's no doubt about it. Absolutely, and I, you know, I remember Gabe even talking about it with Teddy on their podcast about. Just there was something strange going on there, and I think that that's kind of where we we circle back and we say, yeah, there was definitely something, and obviously now it comes to uh, it comes to light. But you know, just on the basis of everything that goes into it, my opinion hasn't changed. I think I like now that it's come back up, it makes me even more mad that we're having to sit here and talk about stuff like this with Big Twelve Media Day coming up in a week. Uh, you know, basically the kind of the season God, looming in front of us. doesn't become like a standard question to everybody. Oh, I'm sure that it will be. It, it shouldn't. How big of a distraction is it? I, you know, Do it's we just... even know the format of what next week's going to be like? No. I have no clue no. how. Yeah, I haven't go. seen anything yet. It just, it's, it's, it, the fact that they went out and did something like this is one thing, but I just, I still can't get over the basis of it. Like, what, why are you robbing a, weed dealer it's very obtainable if that's what you want to do 
But and I think the other side of it, too, is they just wanted to be fake gangsters, and that's what they are. I think that's what this is about, them wanting to kind of just live that life of, like, you know. Just Guess kinda, what? You're not that they guy, They romanticized pal. it. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. Uh, they probably romanticized it a little it's bit. Pathetic. And, it's pathetic. You know. well, At Karen, the end of the day, it's pathetic. His, his header photo on Twitter. Yes, his Mikey. header photo is someone in prison on the phone. I mean, I'm what not going to get too say? upset about it. Maybe it's a family member. I, mean, I don't know. It could be, but still, that's not. If you're a football player at the University of Oklahoma, it's not and the you best. You want a look. sweet barbecue deal? That shouldn't be your header. Sure, it's not the best look. And then the thing that he put out on Instagram last night. I mean, it's looking back on it. I and it, it might be unfair to Mikey and Kim first off, but <laughs> but he's a thug. It's simple, like it, it's pathetic went out and robbed a drug a, a, a weed dealer real cool half the half the state if they want to go get weed they'll go through a drive-through this afternoon it's pathetic you're very passionate about this i've seen it on the boards yeah they're pathetic the trio of them are pathetic i think the sentence should be doubled because it's so stupid if you're gonna go rob somebody rob like a coke dealer or something Get some good drugs out of it. Do something that's real. Illicit drugs. I mean, my God. It's just, it's pathetic. And like, as I, as I put on the boards, like, as a graduate of the University of Oklahoma, it's embarrassing. It's like Straight robbing, up. Robbing someone of their, oh, it's not as bad as like robbing someone of their CD collection or something. I, I could understand that more. <laughs> like, seriously. CDs aren't around. At least like CDs is like, oh, you're going to get a vintage item. <laughs> It's just sad. It, it really is. It's sad. They, they, all three of them have ruined their lives for, for what? To get some street credit in Norman, Oklahoma. I who who are my, these guys? Like, I, come on. I did have my entire CD collection uh, stolen in college. Well, that was probably high priced uh, items at the time. Five disc changer. Yeah, those were probably like Nintendo. the real deal. Do you have them in like the, uh, the fold out case? And you had like four, and you could put them in. I think I just like had a like a catalog or rack. whatever. Yeah, I mean they were just in in a big rack. Like they weren't in the car holder thing. I just find the whole thing just absolutely pathetic. I know, I know. It's over though. No, it is. Thank God. Thank God. We can it move is over. past it. It is over. And I, I just, it, it blows my mind. And like I, I tweeted this yesterday. And I think I put it on the board as well. It's like, did a lot of things in college. Had a lot of fun. A lot of things that probably weren't viewed as smart decisions. Never did I think maybe I should go rob somebody with a gun. I just, like, I don't know how you get to that point. I've said this, like, it's not difficult to wind up in jail. It's really not. It is, it is, I I screwed up the time. I know what you're looking at. I I I was just making sure that we. It was like, I split it like eight minutes or something. Okay, I was just making sure that we hadn't. He keeps uh, the time stamps and I split the file accidentally. I was like, have we been talking for ten minutes and not recording? No, no. We're good. Uh, Carry on. So... Like, if you don't pay, like, I, I remember I had a situation when my tag expired, and I was in college, I was poor, and I didn't pay the, the ticket. I didn't, in time, and so I had, you know, I guess a bench ward out for my arrest, kind of like what happens with football players now, and then I got pulled over. I wasn't even speeding, I was just... I drove a Geo Tracker, and I lived over in the, I lived over on like third or 48th, like on the west side of town, which all the Brookhaven area. So I would get pulled over all the time for driving a shitty car in that in that part of Norman. 
Uh, and so they're like, well, your license is expired because you didn't pay your fine. And like, you're driving illegally. And they like put me in handcuffs. And I didn't like have to go to a jail cell. They just took me to the police station, made me fill out a bunch of stuff and pay all these fines. Uh, but I should have been, I mean, they should have put me in jail. Like it wasn't that hard to get put into jail. It is incredibly difficult. You have to make a a monumental series of horrible decisions to get charged with a felony. Or just do something like just kill a man for no reason and lose your mind. Like this isn't even a football thing. This is like just a human element. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I go back to my to flow first, chart. You have to Don't do a felony. First off, it, there's nothing wrong with having a gun, but you have to have a gun or access to a gun. Uh, two, you have to break into somebody's house. Three, you have to pistol whip them. Four, you have to steal shit. And not to mention, you're three football players that every person, for the most part, knows. I'm not going to say every yeah. person in Norman knows, but you walk by a Trajan guy, Bridges, you go, oh, that guy plays football. You're a, f- a highly publicized five-star. <laughs> it's just, it, it's amazing people. to me that, A, they thought that this was a good idea, B, that they were going to get away with it and see that they went went through it and then got caught like i it just i i don't know it it i'm not angry about it i guess i'm somewhere in between embarrassed and disappointed but it's just like how stupid can you be pretty stupid the, <laughs> the thing that that kind of always blows me away about it there was 3 of them was there not one guy that was like, hey, you know, may- maybe this is a stupid-ass idea. Like, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we go the over. Guy, it was the guy that we're not talking about. I mean, we're in college. About. We can find weed. Yeah, is it the guy that we're not talking about because he was smart enough to say, I'm not down for that shit? <sighs> I mean, you would think. I mean, there had to be a fourth, right? I mean, you know, it only makes sense. Two guys in the front, two guys in the back. I mean, surely somebody was like, I'm going to get out of the car. Like, I, I'm good here. You know what? Uh, my favorite thing ugh. about this is people trying to piece together everybody's role in that, like, uh, Mikey yes. was the wheel man and uh, he took off early, and that's why they turned him in because uh, he got out of there and he left him. Like, are- it's people that have watched too much heat. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I, I think we're all on the same base as far as what happened here. I mean, they de- Mikey definitely got ratted out. Well, I. I mean, he was clear. If you read the initial police report, he was clearly the guy that went into the room, ransacked it, threw everything into a backpack, and left. And those guys, sure. Then those other two stayed there. It's just amazing. So he didn't have any interaction with that. He didn't pistol uh-uh. whip anybody. He just allegedly. went in, stole a bunch of shit, allegedly. Allegedly, I left. guess we have to add that, but it's pretty crystal clear on what probably most likely happened. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Josh. Uh, I, I was going to say, I mean, you know, from from what you're saying, it. I don't even know that he had to be ratted out. I mean, they clearly knew there was a third person there, and you know, kind of a look, guys. We we all know. I mean, there was somebody here. We have a you know this ID. It matches this guy. You know, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know that anybody had to come out and be, tell him much. It was mm-hmm. just kind of a hey, can you confirm? Um, you know, not not all that different from us when we know something, and I've got a you know act like I don't when I'm talking to a player or a parent and be like, can you confirm this for me? Just because we know it's happened, we need somebody that we can quote on it. I guess in a way... Well, it was not an overnight investigation. No, I mean, it's taken a while. while. I mean, it's almost July, middle middle of July almost. And I guess in a way, too, you know, I guess if you want to go the other way, 
it's for the better that they've gotten these three individuals out of the program. Like, I don't think that you necessarily, you don't just wake up and you decide to do something like this. And you, know, you see where You're I'm going with this? on be doing bad shit. Right. Like, I, for the better long term, it's going to be good that they're out of the program and no longer a part of it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, in no way is this Lincoln Riley's fault. I think if they would have asked him if they could do this, he would have probably said no. Right. Well, like it just, and it, it's just a and, bad look. It, it's a yeah. bad look for anybody involved. And, and Trajan and, and Seth, we know that. I mean, obviously Trajan had his transgressions. Seth, I, I think it's pretty clear there were multiple problems during the season. And Mikey, I can't say that I ever heard anything. But I mean, you know, this isn't like these, like, oh man, just. They got drunk and made a terrible, you know, like, no, there was a pattern of behavior here that was, that was pretty clear. And at some point you're just better not having that problem around. Agreed. And that's what you're starting to hear from board members that maybe that wasn't the first with Mikey, but just kept on, you know, really under wraps so that no one really knew about it. That's how Urban did it. Uh, all right, so I think we've discussed this bullshit enough. I think we're done. We don't ever have to talk about it again unless uh, we don't have to talk it. Again. We we don't ever have to talk about it again. Yeah, I mean, I I think that we've we've talked about the effects of what happens at the wide receiver position. I guess you could talk about you know what happens at running back right now, but the way that the I spring mean, went for Mikey Henderson, I don't know how much you were really honestly truly expecting from him from a running back position yeah now if you want to talk about the repercussions it puts in the h-back room maybe i could go there with you that's hard i mean with them already stogner you don't know what you've got there you got jeremiah hall who's obviously a really steady quality player but their depth has gone from man that's one of the strength officers to yeah you're right that that's fair but i mean brayden is he's not that kind of guy so far yeah he's had health problems He's had and like he's, a one knee. Like, that happens. You have a knee. You blow out a knee, it happens. But he, like I said, even aside from that, though, Kerry, I mean, he's never shown himself as, like, a difference maker as a receiver. Like, I think it's, it, the ball spoke, is not going to go in his see. direction. It spoke, it spoke to the versatility of what Mikey Henderson offered, that they were able to do so much with him as a freshman, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and go back and watch Bedlam, Josh. That, that's a guy, I mean, Mikey's just a guy you cannot replace. He is a unique skill set, and it's why I thought the move to running back was was crazy. It was a little, he, su- it was it was suspect, wasn't it? Just yep. it, it kind of left you wondering what they're really trying to do there, and maybe this was, you know, I guess this could be big conspiracy theory guy, but maybe they were kind of hoping that he was going to be so mad about a position change that he entered the portal or something. I I really don't know. I but well, I think anybody that is, I mean, it makes sense when you think. The, there was a little bit of desperation then because sure. you didn't have Eric Gray. Sure, you had Kenny well, I mean, Brooks was, that had been he sitting had come out in, here. but he wasn't. You didn't know truly, what you had, really. Right, right, I mean, right. Uh, and then Marcus Major, although he finished strong last year, I wouldn't say that. Oh, he he solves all your problems at running back. So, well, it, I mean, the only thing that we've seen of him was against the JV defense. Remember? Yeah, I mean, he destroyed. I mean, th- that was is embarrassing. Uh, effort by a defense that I've seen probably since Texas. But 
No, I mean or it, anything that OU threw out there in between is, yeah. 2016 and 2018. <laughs> Sugar Bowl OU defense, <laughs> yeah, um, or um, Rose Bowl OU defense. I mean, um, but no, I mean now I think you do feel better with Eric Gray. Uh, no, they do. I'm sure they feel good about Kennedy Brooks now that he's had you know a spring to kind of get well, back into Trey shape. Trey Bradford, step on up. I mean that's the yeah, guy I don't know a whole lot about. One injury away from having like little depth. At all, sure, but you've got four, four scholarship. scholarship running backs, which we saw last year. You know, Seth McGowan had to start a game. T.J. Pledger was kind of forced to become a starter. I mean, he was never really looked at as like, oh, he's a he's an RB one type guy. Uh, I think we all thought Seth McGowan would be the best back eventually by the end of the year, but he just could never just run north and south. I mean, he was his own worst enemy, uh, and then. Yeah, Marcus Major, he's probably, from beginning to end, the, the most improved out of everybody. We have about, what, a month and a half to decide if we want to be Jaden Knowles or Tim Hudson guys, right? Todd, is it Todd Hudson? <laughs> Todd, Todd Hudson. It's Todd. What did I say, Tim? Yeah, you, you went baseball. That'd be interesting if he was playing base, uh, football for OU. Uh I am. I mean, I like what I saw out of Jaden Knowles in the spring game, but historically, I've been on Team Hudson. But I think Knowles is—he could carry the load a little bit more than Hudson. Hudson's a—I want to say he's quite a bit smaller. Maybe this opens the door for Joe Castiglione Jr. getting back out there. Didn't he graduate? Yeah, but maybe come back. <laughs> he has eligibility left. Get him in a master's program. Um, he shrunk down though. Graduate assistant slash player. That'd be okay. I mean, that, why doesn't that exist anymore? You remember, like, that used to be a pretty prevalent thing, like, especially in baseball. Be a guy that was like the, the you know, like assistant manager slash pitcher, like in the late 80s and now. But, well, like, Pete that's Rose a was thing. a player manager. Yeah. Let me start betting on baseball. I guess that's probably the reason. So you, you think it's a gateway situation? Could be. I'd be all for that. That would be funny having a coach that also is dressed out fully in uniform. It'd be awesome. In football. I would imagine Alex Grinch is the uh, most likely to Let's bring that tradition to full football. Let's bring, <laughs> let's bring coaches dress out in full gear, too. With, with shoulder pads? Oh, yeah. God, that'd be uncomfortable. You wouldn't have to wear your helmet because you have the head. As, as somebody that stood on the sidelines and wore his pads a lot, like that is not a comfortable situation. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, we'll get to recruiting. I'll kind of push that to the back because we've been so recruiting-centric lately, um, and there were some, there's some big commitments to talk about. Uh, I want to hit on uh, some, some of the things we've been seeing with uh, name, image, likeness as well. Uh, and it's been kind of interesting because, you know, the Miami thing with the MMA promoter that's actually a booster, and, it's like, and we've had so many discussions on the board about how people feel about this now, like seeing players get paid. Uh, and I thought, you know, one of the more interesting points that's been brought up is by a lot of people and some on our board, not a lot, but some, uh, who, you know, over the years, one of their things that they've wanted to do is donate to the scholarship fund of the Sooner Club because... Uh, they felt like, oh, well, you know, let's pay to fund these scholarships so we can get these players here. And now when they see these players making money, they're like, I don't know if I want to really donate to that anymore since they can make money. But, I mean, they're not going to make enough money to cover their scholarships for the majority of guys. 
But it is interesting just kind of how, and I know, you know, we say we're not fans, but we view the game a certain way. And Josh, I mean, like when you see these deals happening and you see Spencer Rattler selling a logo t-shirt and stuff, to me that just emphasizes, oh, this is about the kid and not about the team. I wasn't really expecting to feel like a separation like I'm feeling uh, when you see you know, kids marketing themselves versus, you know, being a part of the OU program. To me, I just, it feels a little strange. Oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, and, and that's one of, been one of the interesting things is following kind of how s- some are doing it by group. And, you know, I, I thought, uh, Carrie, when you said you're the best takeaway, I thought you were going to tie that to the Miami thing. And, you know, now that they're all getting paid, uh, the take that we read on Twitter is now they're all going to commit to a life of crime. So that was uh, <laughs> that is the that, worst. I mean, the, the it's most, so bad. It's such you know, is it you you consider that like unintended racism or is it just <sighs> is it just well, racism under the surface? Just ignorance. Just uh, just a straight I mean, up do you ignorance. Not hear yourself when you say things like that. Like it's somebody that is dead set in their ways that don't doesn't want to see change i had to block that person because they the people that do that stuff and get in fights like it's initially in my mentions uh but they don't take me out so i just have to block them like so if you're wondering like why do you carry murdoch block it's probably because you got in a big ass twitter fight and you kept fighting with some other dude and put me in your mentions every time that i didn't want to be in there i go straight mute on that that's a that's that's my. I mute the conversation, but I block the person just right. out of principle, because he can't use Twitter properly. <laughs> oh, yes. I think that's probably part of the problem here too. It's somebody that isn't the most social media savvy. How about that? Well, it's just it's it is it's like we're seeing with name, image, likeness is the people that are upset about it. It, it for some people. There are a lot of people in this world, and I get it. They just don't like change. They like things to be the way it is. It's comforting to them. They want to see it just continue that way moving forward. It makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's the best way to say it. And, I mean, some of the stuff like the Miami stuff, it does make me a little bit uncomfortable as far as, like, the direction of everything that goes into name, image, and likeness. But at the same time, we're talking about 500 bucks for each player down in Miami. Like that's not gonna sway no. a kid. Well, I mean, like, De'Aaron it King's, might sway one kid, De'Aaron but it's King's not gonna not taking that deal. No, I mean, he charges two thousand dollars an hour. Well, he might take it, but that's just five hundred more dollars in his pocket. But right? he's still got to make appearances to that place. I mean, there's other things he could be doing to make more money than five hundred bucks a month. His time sure. is more valuable than that. Sure. If I were representing him, I'd say don't, don't take that yeah, deal. Don't do that. That's for you know. That's for the fourth string offensive guard. I still think that there's a like a short-term overreaction as far as the long-term effects. But it is something that, like, you kind of got to keep an eye on and say, okay, well, you and know, we're seeing how new stuff the direction all of the this time. going. It's like the cave on Thibodeau thing. Right. Sure. Like, you're seeing new stuff develop. Like, okay, so he has a Nike deal, but it's after his he stops playing for Oregon. But he also developed an NFT with the guy that designs Jordan shoes. And it's being backed by Phil Knight, which you kind of have to back that because it's Ethereum and it's on OpenSea, and you got you, you, Ethereum's not cheap, uh, but it's you've got to have someone behind you to help you set all that stuff up. Like, 
and I, I don't, I'm not hating on anybody. Like Mackenzie Milton, he hasn't played football in a very long time. He's at Florida State now, uh, but he's very business savvy. He's very business minded. It's like he and uh, Derek King started that thing that Kennedy Brooks is on, charging mm-hmm. 350 bucks an hour for. Oh, the gaming thing? No, no, no. The uh, um, it's got one word name to it, but it's where people can pay oh. you to come do something for an hour at a time. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. Bob, you know what the name of that was? No, but Kennedy did tweet about it, so I, someone wants to look back at it. I saw he was on uh, Cameo. I I missed that, though. He Unless just got on Cameo. Else. Yeah. Which, like, that stuff, I don't it's have fine, a problem yeah. with that at all. If a kid wants to do that, he should be able to. That, like, uh, that could be anybody. That's doing that. And you know what? The live streaming thing and donations and super chat and, you know, Twitch uh, subscriptions, like, they should be allowed to do that. Most of those kids are going to be gaming or doing whatever yeah. anyways. Might as well let them get exactly. some money out of it. Exactly. It's not Dream, like they're... Dreamfield is what Dreamfield. you were looking oh, yeah, for. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's yeah, okay. Milton and... Mm-hmm. I, I do King remember thing. that then. Mackenzie Milton, $2,000. Well, you got it. You have to be the highest if you founded it. That's the thing. He's not worth $2,000, <laughs> but... You can't, Matt Corral, like, ten thousand. He, oh my! Uh, see, like Mackenzie Milton is not going to make the money from appearances. He's going to make the money taking the cut from the other players. Yep. That's 100%. that's why he's so smart. He's like, I don't need to do this, so right. I'm going to just let everybody else. Yep. He's like, I don't have time to be doing personal appearances for an hour. This is my business. Mackenzie Milton even going to start at Florida State? I mean, I would think. I guess. If he is, if he's healthy, I mean, I don't even. Can he right. still walk? If he's the same player. Sure. Yeah. No, that's completely. I mean, fair. he almost had the Drew Brees type thing, right? Yes. You know what's interesting is there's not another player. I don't think. In, I mean, and I'm not familiar. There's like a basketball player. There's a softball player. There's a few that's players I'm not that familiar with. But there's Alex. nobody else from Florida State. Yeah, that is weird. You'd think he'd be getting his buddies in on it. I'm, I, I mean, I, I know he's Drew been Brees. there for a minute. I but. mean, Alex. Uh, oh, Alex Smith. Smith, yeah. Broken leg. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's weird, but at the same time, this has happened so fast. I'm sure, sure he's probably going to meet with his entire you know team and say, "Hey, this is something we got. You can do." I guess locally here too, like the big thing for OU fans is you know their thought immediately is, when they see the Miami thing, their thought immediately goes to. All right, well, who's going to be the big OU money donor that steps up exactly. and donates $500,000 $500, or a million dollars? I mean, is there somebody out there that the could guy, do that? The yeah, The guy behind that is already a big donor to Miami, and that was like the question, like how does this affect now his donations to oh, the yeah, university? What, what he did is fascinating, and to think that it's not going to happen other places and maybe even at a bigger scale is probably stupid. He started his own corporation, right? You know, I mean, I think about it, and, and I can only say he's made himself public. So I'll t- I was talking to Bill Hasten, Bill, Bill Hasten from the Tulsa World, actually contacted him. Uh, it's the the guy that owns a couple of restaurants in Tulsa. Uh, Travis, is it Fredrickson? Davidson. 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 Uh, and he is the guy that cooked all the tomahawks and stuff mm-hmm. at Lincoln Riley's house before the barbecue. Like Hasten figured out they it was about thirty five hundred dollars just in meat. Uh, for those tomahawk steaks, but he's the guy that arranged all the cars. Well, I think it was thirty-five thousand. Thirty-five thousand, right? It's thirty-five hundred. Thirty-five thousand 30, seems pretty high. The that uh, for like forty pounds of steak. 
I mean, that's not even a hundred pounds, a a hundred bucks a pound. I I don't know if he wrote the article yet. He he sent an email. I'll go. Oh, to I guess y- yeah, it is. I'm sorry. No, no, it's not. Okay, I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> I'm not helping. That's uh, Putnam City math. Uh, okay, so West, there are 40, 42 and a half pound steaks. Uh, he priced tomahawk tomahawk steaks at thirty four, almost thirty five dollars per pound. So that's forty double that eighty times thirty four. Yeah, that's thirty five hundred bucks. That's fair. The the I comparison hope, I'm I would making. Hope nobody's dropping thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, I know. On some steaks, my God, that's uh that's uh what's the guy's name? The uh oh the Salt Bay Salt Bay yeah. prices. <laughs> yeah, my my problem there is I was comparing um you know in again in the neighborhood I live in James has cookout sometimes uh some wagyu tomahawks. <laughs> So a little little different sport there. Plenty of time to but, get back uh, to the Houston neighborhood when your team's out of the playoffs. But I mean, <laughs> the Travis guy who seems like a, a good dude. I mean, super huge fan. Uh, and Haston asked him like, "Will you do any um, nil stuff?" And he said, "Yeah, I definitely want to have some players come to like he wants to pay players to come to his restaurant." Sure. I, and I think that there will be places, not just in Tulsa, but Oklahoma City, Norman locally. Yeah. There's a lot of places that are going to want to do that. A lot of this is, like, I think you just have really big sports fans out there that are that knew about this from the beginning. And there's probably a lot of businesses this is filtering. Because, like, we know how this works, you know, getting sponsors for the podcast. Like, it's there's sometimes a committee that makes decisions. Like, all these things that you're seeing are probably small businesses that are run by you know one person that makes all the decisions marketing all that stuff like if you're gonna like spencer rattler to get a canes deal that fast they must have been working on that for a while yeah i would imagine so well and remember we i mean we talked to spencer that during the spring right Mm -hmm. when i think kersey asked him about it and he back then was already talking about yeah Yeah. i mean we're formulating plans to put in action when this is in place and I think what for him, that's the perfect thing. You go out and it's an NFL agent that's now acting as an NIL rep. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it. Yeah, no doubt about I it. I mean, they're going to get you these big deals that you're not going to get with a local you know, marketing company. Well, who else uh, joined the Raising Canes Club? It was uh, LSU running back, I want to say. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't I can't remember who well, it was, though. And I saw where it made it out to be like that Wright's Barbecue. And they had two locations, by the way, uh, one in Fayetteville and one in Bentonville. It's not like even oh with the Arkansas big. offensive yeah. line yeah I mean it's not even like as big as Vans mm-hmm. here in Oklahoma uh, but it was every player on the team like if you look up that uh, rights athlete hashtag the quarterback is is you know signed up it, so it might be like a deal where you just you and your family get free food like they might not even pay him any money and that's what a lot of this is going to be like people at, like barstool athlete like what I I love the TikTok of the super hot Texas softball player by the way. Um, where she was like, people kept asking her questions. She had the song played. I was I like, know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I think there's a lot of people that have, you know, joined or signed on, quote unquote. They don't really know what they're going to get yeah, yet, but yeah. it's cool to say that you're, you know, insert company. Portnoy, Portnoy said was they get free merch. It's exclusive to them. Or sure, which like, like that. again, that's that's another get one of those things merch. that like it's almost looking back on it, it's ridiculous that if somebody wants to give give you. $300 worth of free merch? Like, who cares at the end yeah. of the day? Well, and I mean, I'll tell you this. Well, I don't want to get into our stuff with this. Um, just know that, yeah, that's stuff that we're looking at and formulating plans and all that. 
Um, but you know, it's it's it essentially there's going to be all these different types of deals. I think everybody in the beginning thought this was going to be okay. The company A is going to come to you and ask you to make an Instagram post if you have a bunch of followers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about as deep as the thinking went on it. But, you know, now you have the streaming stuff and, and Cameo and, um, you know, these, the, these Miami deals where they make a deal with every single person on the team. But it's all these blanket deals people are throwing out. Sure. That's kind of the weird thing that I didn't expect. Like, it's a, it's a bunch of people trying to do grassroots campaigns through a football program. And I don't know if... You know, I would imagine it's kind of like it's kind of like the Pornhub model, where you offer someone to do porn that shocks everyone, and then you put out a press statement about it, and the person is never going to accept their offer, but they can at least say, "Yeah, the Olsen twins, uh, we approached them about doing uh, threesome together uh, for Pornhub," and everybody everybody takes that story and they run with it. Even though they were never, they were never seeking out a deal to do a threesome on Pornhub. It's just a publicity stunt. I think as as we get this ball rolling, there will be more professionally, uh, yes, planned or executed plans that are put out there. I just don't think that they're there yet right now because there's so much unknown. Yeah, like I I think that, and I also think that there's probably going to be companies that want to know. Okay, if we're going to give this kid. X amount of dollars. We want to know what we're getting out of it. Yeah. We want to know how this works during the season. And I can tell you this, like, you know, when people say, hey, hit me up in my DMs, they're just getting flooded with stuff and they don't know head from tails of it. It's just like sure. a bunch of, sh- most of it's shit. Just people, you know, trying to get some publicity for cheap. Uh, and eventually it'll work its way out where you have probably NIL companies that you work with uh, that, you know, rep players and stuff like that. And, like I'm interested like when, to see what happens when, when Spencer Rattler does an interview this season. Does Raising Canes have to be his backdrop? Like, I would imagine he'll have to wear some type of hat, but yeah. not in the facilities. It can't be. I don't think. Oh, really? Like that? Well, it might mean that he might want to set up interviews in other locations. Oh, what a so he can a, wear his sure gear. I mean, what a headache! Not for canes, us as much like, as whoever else. I mean, the, the thing that, that I've heard from people I've talked to, be, meaning players, is they just they want to keep their names out there. They want to keep the publicity up. Like, they, they want to do media. So I think it's going to be good for fans to get to hear from players more often. It's just that you might have to deal with, a, and hey, I want to remind you guys, go to my merch shop at, you know, SpencerRattlerMerch.com. Uh, and while you're there, you'll get a 10% off coupon for your next order at Kane's. Like, something like that doesn't really bother me. No. Nope. He's making money, and he's talking to us at the same time. Sure. You could use us. As long as I'm not footing the bill. I just can't wait for, you know, the first time that he comes out and throws. You know, We'll use Rattler as an example, but he throws the three Iowa picks State in a game, game or something. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, if he wasn't doing this on the side, just focusing on football. He'd just focus on football instead well, of selling chicken You know fingers. that's coming. I know, that's and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. Oh, the game People threads, already have it, like, in the drafts on Twitter. will be legendary this year. Like, <laughs> the, the, the scorched earth that will be put down on post after post if a high-profile guy is having a bad game. Oh. We should get Tums to... Uh, 
sponsor the game thread. I don't know. Like, here's the thing: churches, not churches, uh, canes. Like, you better pick good athletes because if you have someone that has a bad year, college football fans will literally boycott your store. Well, those people have problems. It'll happen. If they're connecting the. It two. will happen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. It will happen. It's. To me, it's just natural. A natural reaction from fans would be to boycott the biggest sponsor of their star player who's having a rough year. I don't think that's, like, weird even. I think that's just normal. I would never boycott Canes, though. It's too good. I was going to say, I just... Those people have problems. <laughs> no, that's okay. Just yeah, their, quarterback's, their quarterback's not yeah. any good. That's their problem. I wonder how much money's in it oh, for like a raisin canes. Like how how much exposure do they truly get out of? And I I think that's something that is yet to be seen. I don't think anybody would be able to like put a figure on it. But say, see, I thought say, that they say, were. I thought that they were just like a southern kind of. I think for the most place. part they are. They've got right. like twenty right. stories, twenty stores in Arizona, over twenty in California. Yeah, I mean, like, it's I probably, don't even know how you serve your food in California because you can't use styrofoam. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't know. I have no idea. But you were saying how much? Just like if say say Spencer Rattler does win a Heisman, yeah. Like how much how much money do they actually get out of that? Like I would imagine well, that you know they'll start a national ad campaign. Like, and like how much does that help somebody when they are going for a Heisman trophy? If you have like a professional uh, management firm. management firm like running your campaign, yeah, that's true. I I, 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 I truly that. don't know. It, that's what I find most fascinating about this. Not to mention when you look at, uh, you know, whether it be the Cavender Twins or you know the small sports. Uh, Cavender Twins are the Fresno State Fresno State Twin basketball Twin players. basketball players. The TikTok three the, million uh, viewers. Uh, I think it's Olivia college. something. That's the LSU gymnast that had the. Uh, I think it's Bing Mobile or no, the Cavenders were Bing Mobile. No, there's Bo- Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile. Some phone company I'll never use. But it's for the pores. Is it? I think it's pay per go. I, like oh, it's, wow. I think it's only. I, I bet they have plans. It's just it, it's kind of incredible the way that this whole thing's going to be working out. And like as I said, you know, and the effects that it's going to have on golf. It's going to be interesting. Uh, the football I stuff think, is fascinating. Don't you is, think is golfers can do really well out of this? Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be able to get the money when they use clubs that coaches normally keep now, like when. A golf coach uses uh, Titleist. Use Titleist or PXG yeah. or whatever. That the coach usually keeps the money that the company is Ooh. paying uh, the school. I got like you. the yeah. head coach keeps the Work, money. Worked in baseball that way forever. I don't know if it's yeah, still with bats. does or not. Yeah, yeah with, with like TPX and Mizuno and or whoever. Marucci, you know, yeah. Like yeah, it'll be. It's going to be fascinating to see the, I guess, lasting effect that it has. Can't touch Nike though. You can touch the clubs probably, but not Nike. Yeah, and I mean Nike doesn't really. Um, I don't even know if they're in the club game anymore. No, I meant the apparel, like oh, the yeah, shirts yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but I would think merch could be big for golfers. Yeah, I mean towels, you your own merch, yeah, stuff like that. Tees, very very easy to make. I will say the the one thing I think I'd read I quote tweeted this the other day. I saw a um, Brock Purdy shirt, and it was really well done. Like he didn't have the Iowa State logo, but had all the colors. Yeah, that like, that was the one thing that I've noticed on like Spencer Rattler's uh, apparel page or merchandise page. Mm-hmm. How it's just a red jersey. There's no 
uh, sooner, like there's no too. Sooners across the. Oh front. yeah, you you. They it's just like, off like of ah, yeah, yeah. I, I I see why they have to do that. But isn't Alabama letting their players use their? I don't know. Honestly, I haven't seen much of any Alabama players. The Thibodeau uh, NFT had Oregon's logo Did it? on it. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if that's just a particular OU thing, or if they wanted to get that up as soon as that, possible. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. They just wanted to get and it up. How that's going to affect recruiting going forward? You look at Calvin Banks picking Oregon on Sunday. Well, we can... when no one thought he was even close to being among the Ducks were among his favorites, and if but if that's something that you can see the future you can see it's not about you know picking it right now it's also about making that nike money later right that could be something that could be a real thorn in the sooner side for sure but nike's still gonna want i mean like calvin calvin uh cave thibodeau i can't remember cave is it cave on cave cave on cave on uh like he's a top five pick right now so it's not like a stretch to say that nike's gonna get a deal with him if they can I would think Rattler would be the same way. I still think it's going to be what your value is as an athlete. I don't think just because you go to Oregon that you're going to get some magical Nike deal that yeah. that other people aren't going to get. Well, I, I think that you have to still be a pretty accomplished player, right? Right. But there are going to be guys that well, get those deals, and they are busts in college. Like, it's going to happen. And right. I'm interested to see that, what a company mm-hmm. does. Do they come back? Halfway through a year or at the end of the year, and just say, "Yeah, man, you didn't really produce on the field like we wanted." Depends you to. on what your contract is. Sure. Like I want to see what those. I guess I'd want to see what is being written into those contracts. Do they need to make you an definitely incentive? Definitely going to have a morals clause. Are there going to be incentive-based contracts for players? Hmm. Can you put incentive-based? Like, do you get a certain a bigger cut of something if you go out and score if thirty-five times a 12. game? And that's the other thing. Like, sure. like. It's going to be maybe monetarily tied if you win all, you know, if your first team all Big 12. I mean, versus... Nick Medina would have been screwed last year. Yeah. Not making all, all Big 12. And if that's the case, would Texas coaches. Well, I mean, coaches, he could have tied it to his PFF score. Like, Texas coaches would never vote for <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, yeah, just Oklahoma player on any team. Uh, and Oklahoma coaches would never vote for a Texas player first, second, or even honorable. Yeah, mentions. that's true. It's like yeah, I gotta vote. For, I gotta vote for my guys. We gotta get bonuses around here. Yeah, we got the competition aspect of all of this is. It's a little ripe for some some issues. Also receiving votes, Brian Mead at linebacker. <laughs> yeah, they'll just put all the guys they know don't have endorsement deals. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But no, I mean, I, I, that'll be interesting how much blowback there is from media, from coaches on stuff like that with Spencer Rattler or, you know, Brock Purdy or whoever. They're going to give be it a to media the, days thing the for sure. plucky no name quarterback. Like, if Shane Illingworth becomes a star this year, is he immediately going to be first team All Big 12? Because he's a good story and it doesn't. Doesn't hurt the other teams in the conference to put him up there. Might hurt some fishing companies. They're going after Spencer Sanders. Is that what he's? Is, is, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Oklahoma State deals at this. I point. haven't heard anything either. So um, no, but it's all going to change. It's this year's going to be a shit show. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna see probably some kind of regulations coming in just to protect the players at some point. I'd rather worry about this kind of stuff than. Uh, Who's going to be dressed out because they failed some stupid 
health test during the midweek or in contact tracing or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the, the opposite of what we oh, had to go through Oh, this is way better than last year. Yeah. Talking about full stadiums and all Getting that kind of stuff. Getting to Thursday saying, I don't know if they're going to be able to have enough players available. Positioned in the stadium to see who's coming out for warm-ups. Gross. I don't. I mean, you're going to see a sprinkling of that from time to time, though. Just like Mm-mm. with Chris Paul in the NBA. Yeah, it's over. But, I mean, you'll have people that don't get the vaccine that get knocked out from contact tracing. They should be taken off scholarship if that happens. To each his own. That's what I, that's what I say. That's, I, I can't be Mr. Telling everybody what to do with that. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about, or a lot, about recruiting. Um, it was a big week. Yeah, oh, by the way, it had, there has been a lot of stuff going on in that realm. There's only five of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we had the, the Shetron kind of, it was almost an emergency pod last week. It, we potted right after it happened that morning. Uh, and Josh, I think you took a lot of crap. It almost became an inside joke on the board uh, because you told people that good news was coming, and my God, did good news come. What What would you say was the biggest uh, win for Oklahoma over this last week? Is it Derek Moore? I think it would have to be, just based on where he is, his location, how the some of the contenders and his recruitment, uh, and, and, you know, Guys, I mean, you look through the years. I mean, where is Oklahoma one of their primary struggles? Edge rushers. And this guy, uh, again, I mean, he's one of those guys, you know, and, and I know sometimes people say, oh, Josh Josh always goes to bat for rivals. Man, if rivals is wrong on a ranking, I'll say it. I think they're dead wrong on Derek Moore. I think Derek Moore is a top 60 guy in the country. I, I And maybe, and I honestly, the only reason I'm there is because I haven't had a chance to see him in person yet. I think he is tremendously talented, and it's just—I mean, guys. At what point does Jamar Kane start becoming like this guy can go get anybody? Like, I mean, you've got to stop doubting him at some point and say, "Oh, you's not going to beat this school or that school for him." You know, this is a guy that at one time Ohio State was very serious about, and I don't think they so much as said they weren't interested anymore as they knew they weren't going to get him and they moved on to other guys. If nothing else, it's a a big exclamation point that he is offering something right now on the recruiting trail to these kids that uh, they are definitely not only hearing but reciprocating that interest. And I think that that's, to a certain extent, it should be exciting for Oklahoma fans at a position that, you know, let's be honest, over the last couple of years has not been where it needs to be. It, it, it's shown signs of life. But, I mean, guys, we would talk about it in years past, you know, where it would say, well, you know, they landed that elite defensive end this year. It was kind of hard to do it this, you know, the, the next season because that, you know, that's no, they're they're stocking bot. I mean, now you're just you're stockpiling talent at these positions, and that's that's how you get with the Ohio States and Alabamas and you know Georgia, uh, Clemson. I mean, that's what they do. There's no oh, we can't land elite guys because we did last year. They do it year after year after year, and that's what Oklahoma's starting to do on the defensive side of the ball. And I think if you look at anywhere on that roster, the defensive line, which you would think would probably be the last to come along because it's such a high-demand position, as far as landing front-line talent, I think that is ahead of the rest of the defense, honestly. Well, and uh, I mean, 
you know, it, it, you I, I think one of the things you take from this uh, also is uh, I'm sure a lot of people are confused because, you know, Rivals has certain guys as wide receivers or this and that. Uh, but the two gets they got in the middle, uh, wide receivers that will play defensive backs, uh, and, and tell people about those players, Josh, and kind of what Alex Grinch and, and Roy Manning are getting there. Yeah, you know, guys, it, it was interesting because I, I think the thing that stood out to me in my conversations with Robert Spears Jennings, the uh, say the guy that's saying you know that Oklahoma wants to probably start him at safety from Broken Arrow is when I watched he and I watched Xavier Bryce, Bryce told me they're they're talking to him about corner. And this is a guy that's 6'2", 170, big, long, athletic guy. I saw safety on tape. I, the, the first guy that came to mind, Kerry, is a guy that you'll remember well because we kind of have a funny funny camp story about him is Joseph Abilioy. That, that, that's who he looks like to me when I watch him. But for OU to have worked him out in person and said we kind of we, we think corner maybe that there's something I'm not seeing on tape. Like I get it. Like I, I I'm I get that there's something being lost in translation. So I'm trying to be careful. I am hoping to remedy that next week. I am hoping to go to Dallas, see him work out, and then get a better feel for what his skill set is. Um, but both these guys, I mean, it, it's what we talk about with Alex Grinch. They're big, they're long, they're athletic, they run well. Um, you know, Spears Jennings came down, worked out in private for Oklahoma. I was told ran around about a four five one the day he was there. So there's a lot to like there. And the what I was going to say initially is the surprising part to me is when I watch Robert Spears Jennings, I see a whole lot of DJ Graham. That's who he reminds me of in a whole lot of ways. Because for those that don't remember, DJ was a big time receiver coming out of high school. So, and I, I was always a little concerned he would make that transition. Now, obviously, I'm all aboard the bandwagon now. But um, with Bryce, I kind of thought, okay, he'll be the safety. Spears Jennings will be the corner of these two guys. But I, I if I'm betting, I bet they both end up at kind of safety nickel. And then Oklahoma does their most to land Austin Jordan and Gentry Williams as their two corners in this group. We're I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we need to talk about Xavier and Bryce, but if that were to happen, where does that leave a, a Micah Tease in the situation? Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess you mean from a, how much does it help OU moving to 2023? I think it's huge. I sure. mean, Ma- Micah – you know, he is friends with Gentry. They're close. They have a good relationship. I, you know, Micah is one of those guys in 2023 that you're kind of like, well, just whenever he wants to get around to it, you got to feel pretty good if you're Oklahoma. And let's, let's so go I, ahead and just get I, it out there. Make no mistake. Yeah, I was ex- thinking Micah exactly. Tease is, I was thinking Mike, Micah Tease is a 2022 kid, so I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, I, I thought that might have been what happened, but, you it's know, okay. I, I you probably to, out. Yeah, I was trying to help you out. I was, was going to give you a little, uh, little help let's there. Let's make no mistake. But, um, but no, no I, um, I will ask. Oh yeah, this. go ahead, Bum. Where does that put Jaden Rowe because of the guys that they're trying to bring in? I I think that's interesting because you know, and Eddie can attest to this. When we were down at Union in the uh, in the spring, and I just flat out asked uh, Kurt Frederick, the head coach there at Union, what what do you see when you see Jaden Rowe? And he goes. Josh, we've been trying to figure this out for a couple of years now. We we don't know what he is. We just know we like him. You know, we we don't know if he's a corner. We don't know if he's a safety. We don't know. They think he can play outside linebacker. Like I mean, it, it's he 
you know, and Eddie again can back me up on this. When you see Jaden Rowe, you're like, holy crap. Like it's not, oh, he's big for a corner. He's just big. He's yeah. a big dude. Even on Eddie's video, just watching, I was like, damn, that kid is tall. He's a he's a big kid that I feel like hasn't even begun to reach that big physical standpoint. Does that make sense? Like he's yep. he's very big, but he's he, not filled out. He yeah. could he could add thirty pounds easily. With mm -hmm. a concentrated weight program. Oh yeah, I mean, like, I mean, because like I'm saying, he's not like, oh, he's tall and he's long. He's broad shouldered. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a big dude. Yep. Um, kind of reminds me, and I'm again, I've gotten in some trouble with some of the comparisons I've made in some of these stories. People haven't liked them because they're not, you know, I'm not comparing them to future, you know, former All Americans and stuff. <laughs> but from a physical standpoint. That. He reminds me a lot of watching Patrick Peterson at the All-American game years ago. That same, you're like, holy crap, you're a corner? And it would be easy to knock him, but the guy's got track times. Like, he's a 10-6 guy. This isn't a guy that you're like, well, you know, may maybe, but he can't really run. He can run with anybody he wants to. He can fly. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where when you look at the three guys they've commit, they've got committed, to me, Roe is the one that makes the most sense as a corner. Because of he's played it, he runs better than the other two. He's got all the size and length in the world you could ever want, but you don't know what he's going to do physically. Because, like I said, he's such a big kid. Um, Spears Jennings is a big kid, but he's not like that. Like you know, like I said, uh, Roe is so broad. Bryce, I haven't seen. We're gonna we're gonna figure that out in the near future. Have a few more answers on him. But uh, again, guys, we talk about it over and over again. Oklahoma, uh, and I don't think there's anywhere it's more clear than in the secondary, they have a plan, they have a type, they know what they want to do, and I really think there is some openness to what Alex Grinch is doing here. You know, I, I, I talked to um, uh, Spears Jennings about it, and he goes, you know, they told me, you know, the, the corners and safeties, they do so many drills together that it's not really like, oh, you have to start at this or that. And then at the end of it, he's kind of like, yeah, but they'll probably start me at safety. Like, I mean, you know, he kind of had an idea, but I really think that Grinch is pretty okay with the idea of let's let them sort out where they're going to work out. Like, I don't feel like he's, they walk in and they've got to fit a role for him. He'll let them, you know, kind of dictate what's going to be best. Uh, let yeah, us wait. go ahead, Bob. Okay. You look at Derek. Derek Moore, Jacob Sexton, two easy four stars. So we know why people are excited. Saw Sunday, two guys, 5.5 ratings. Is that just because they were receivers? Or is there a feeling that, I don't know, that maybe they just kind of fell to OU because OU wasn't going to go after bigger guys? Just kind of get a, give us a, an, an idea of, of what the mood sh sh should be when you get Bryce and Spears Jennings when it felt like, I don't know what big-time recruiting battles they had to try to win to make that happen. Yeah, it's so weird because think back just even a few years ago, guys, if OU beats Texas for a defensive back, everybody jumps over, you know, like they're over the moon about it. This time, I mean, Texas offered this guy recently. You know, Xavier and Bryce – I'm not telling you that I, I'm fully sold and I know what he is and I, you know, I'm all in on this guy. I'm not there. I want to go see him in person. Like I said, I, I, I'm very intrigued to see how he moves. But when you look at his defensive tape and, uh, you know, for people that'll go on, you know, these guys' huddles, 
he's got a, a like a junior season highlight tape. It has almost no defense. You're going to get no feel. Go back and look. He has a highlight tape that is just defense. And I think there's probably 10 plays on there. I mean, this is a guy that's played a lot more receiver than he has DB. There's just no doubt. But when you watch him close, the way he runs in space, there's stuff there to like. It's just all very raw. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's physical, though. He's not like the, the typical receiver where, oh, he won't come up and hit you. And the same deal with Spears Jennings. Spears Jennings will mix it up with anybody. And I've said over and over again how much both his old staff and his current staff at Broken Arrow rave about him. Just the kind of kid he is, what he is to the program, what, the work he'll put in. They they've been they've been in love with him since he transferred from Mansfield, Texas, when he was a you know going into his sophomore year. So this is a guy that buys in. I I like Spears Jennings a lot. I think that's a good offer. I'm behind it. I've been a big fan of his. I think even you know people are like oh you you bump him up because he got an OU offer. I had him at 11 in the state in a really really good year in Oklahoma, like in front of guys with lots of Power Five offers. So. I think it's a good offer, and that was when I thought of him exclusively as a receiver. Give me the DB option, and I'm more interested because, like we always talk about, guys, it's one thing to be a six foot one receiver; it's a whole other thing to be a six foot one DB that can run and has ball skills and can do a lot of the things he does. I, like I said, I'm a, I'm all on board of Spears Jennings. I think that's a good offer; it's a good find. I'm with it, Bryce. I'm just kind of holding out. I, I there are things I like. But I don't know enough yet. He is so foreign to me um, that I just don't have all the answers that I want on him yet. All right, let's go backwards to the first commitment uh, of the week, and that would be... uh, Go to the first one, and then, yeah, and we'll come back. And then we can come back. Uh, But, I mean, I I think the thing that OU fans love about this commitment more than anything is just the pain that it kind of causes Texas fans a little bit. Oh, I don't think there's there's any doubt. I mean, you know, it, with the video guys, too. Yeah, the video. <laughs> oh, was real yeah. <laughs> that was just going in, man. That that was. I, I kind of kept thinking. I was like, "What's he gonna do with this?" And then it was it was not sugar coated at all. That was that was amazing. Um, was that? But yeah, uh, no. That Lonely Island. Uh, I was reminded <laughs> of the throw it on the ground when he goes around just knocking food out of people's hands. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, but no, I mean, Jacob, you know, I, I wrote about it. You know, we obviously did multiple pieces of content on, on that announcement. Um, but with with him, I've said, you know, I just got done saying what a good year it is in the state of Oklahoma. Every guy in front of him, I could make a case for why they shouldn't be. You know, or, or, or okay, here's my concern in college. Jacob Sexton, I have, you know, like, I have a question. Is he a guard? Is he a tackle? I can get into that conversation. But if you made me bet on which guy is a future all-conference guy, and, you know, if I had to bet my last dollar, I'd bet Jacob Sexton. I think he's going to be an outstanding player. He's going to be very good. And the thing, God, and it's such a dead horse. I talk about it all the time. He continues to get better every time I watch him. He's better. He's putting in work. He's getting bigger. He's getting stronger. I thought one of the most impressive things he did is how kind of over the course of his high school career, he changed his body. He was a little soft, a little fleshy as yep. a sophomore. And then it wasn't like, oh, I lost 40 pounds and now I'm skin and bones. He just slowly transitioned. And now he's a big, you know, good-looking kid. Um, 
not the longest guy on the in the world. Um, you know, kind of. We're talking about Jaden Rowe being kind of broad shouldered for a lineman. Jacob's a little narrow, but at the same time, it's it's nothing that you hold against him. It's just these. If you're matching him up against every other tackle, these are going to be things you notice. But I, I think he's an outstanding player. I think he'll need time to. He'll have to redshirt. Um, he'll need time to get bigger, stronger. As a Texas fan, apparently on Orange Blood, they they fell in love with his legs for some reason. Uh, you know, so he'll have to hit the weight room. There's just no question about it. But he's had a good coach there at Deer Creek. He understands a lot of concepts, and I think he's a guy that will will absolutely. You know, probably by the time he's a second or third year player, he's a starter. I I, I believe that. I don't know why, but Fleshy made me laugh. Yeah. Again, the, you could and write a book. Bob, Bob followed you up with yeah. Yeah, like he was very certain of what you meant too. You, you could write a book on all the just just distasteful ass shit I have to say in this job. Like canceled. his his lower body, I don't you know. I'm a little concerned. As somebody his shoulders named you are Rachel Nichols. As somebody, oh, so uh, okay. ouch. Well, now I've been canceled. We were going to have Rachel Nichols on, but she's at a clan meeting this afternoon. <laughs> oh, As somebody that stood next to Jacob Sexton, and no way have I ever thought like. Man, this kid's legs are small. I don't know. Maybe that's just mm-hmm. something that I haven't noticed, but yeah. I've never thought that. I don't know where that came from. I would say, as a man with nice legs, that yeah, you're good. Uh, you're you're good judge of character there. Mm-hmm. I've told Eddie this Thank before. You. He has he has nice Thank legs. You. For a Thank man. you. Thank you. I do. I, Except the I, shaving I have, part bothers me. I don't shave. I have legs. tree stumps. You just have very. I've I've started losing light hair. hair. Hmm. I don't know Same. what it is. I've started light hair and not a lot of hair, which is not good. <laughs> That's when I know I'm really going gray. Jacob Sexton has always struck me too as somebody that, like, and I I think that we've talked about this. You talked about this in the HD breakdown that we had up on the board, Josh. He's somebody that every time we go see him, he gets better, and I there's no reason to not think that that's going to continue. And I, you know, I think that there's a certain element of his work ethic and just wanting to show up to camps that has kind of been oppressed upon us as far as seeing him at everything that we've seen. I mean, he drove down to, uh, whether it be Durant for the Under Armour thing, a couple, uh, what was that, last summer, or yeah. going down to the Rivals camp, uh, you know, this past spring. Yeah, you know, he he's one of those guys that the doors are open, he's going to show up. Sure. And I, I think that, that that's part of what we're talking about. That's why he does get better, because he goes... I remember, you know, he showed up to that... Um, that camp as a sophomore, that rivals camp in Dallas, that frankly was just bad. There weren't, you know, now, but it's funny because you look back on it and there were actually a few guys there, like the Brockermeyer brothers were there. Um, Nate Anderson was there. Jacob Sexton was there. So I mean, it ended up there was like, okay, there's, there's a few guys here that are not half bad, but it was such a camp that at the time we were like, that's, it's not really good. And I think about that guy that I saw, you know, saw Jacob at that time. And I think that was, not long before he got his OU offer, but like I would say at least a couple months. I want to say that was into his – when did he get that offer? It, it doesn't matter. But the the bottom line is, again, the guy that I saw there to the guy that I saw at the Rivals camp in you know April in Dallas, just two totally different people. I mean, just a very, very different skill set. And, the, the, you know, and Eddie, you and I have talked about this before – He's really strange in that when you're kind of far away from him, you're like, oh, I mean, he's a he's a pretty pretty big guy, you know. What I mean, like you know, he's a lineman, so you kind of have it in the back of your head. 
But when you get next to him, you're like, damn, he's big. Like, it, it, it kind of sneaks up on you. Some guys, you're like, oh, he's just huge. He's just a massive, you know. Bray Walker, if you were within 50 yards of him, you knew he was just a massive, massive person. Sure. Jacob, it's sneakier. Like, you don't notice how big he is. And I think people kind of get misled by that sometimes. But when you get next to him, that that's a large human being. And I, I would even add on top of that that, you know, I think the first couple times that I saw Jacob, I always kind of wondered, you know, and it might just because he has a little bit of a, a baby face uh, look to him, but I just kind of wondered, like, does this kid see want to kill somebody? Like, see want to rip somebody's heart out? And I think after seeing him a couple times now, you can say that, like, he has a little bit of a, a mean streak that I didn't know was there. I think that's probably the layman's terms. I wondered if he was a little bit of a pussy. Okay, I'll just say it. But he's yeah, not I, anything. No, but. He's like not. he 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 fits that Bill Beatenbow. He has a little bit of nasty to him. He like he's not. When, he goes up against these small ass kids and okay preps. He wants to punish them, and I like seeing that. And congratulations, you just formed the next Richie Incognito by calling him a pussy. That I I said he's not though. Well, he's coming uh, no. after you if he goes Richie Incognito. Richie Incognito didn't do anything to anybody. He was making everybody around him better. Guess what? The guy that he bullied out of the NFL for a reason. Soft. Well, and I think part of it, too, There's is... firearms, too. Part of it's also his personality. Jacob's an incredibly nice kid. Like, sure. just a very, yep. like, really low-key, real mellow. Some of these old linemen you meet, and you're like, that that dude runs hot. Like, just, I mean, or anybody. I mean, you know, football players. You're I a bunch of alpha-type guys. most offensive linemen have that mentality that, that, that made it, you know, to yeah. major college football or pro level. It's just, like, I know being around those guys and, like, you know, I've been around Richie Incognito. Um, it's like uh, Taylor Lewan. Like they, just, they're different types of people. Yep, and they're kind of scary a little bit. Well, I uh, Creed. Creed's a nice kid, but you always knew underneath. Like no, he like he's got some Shawnee in him. Like he, he's sure. you, like you don't want you don't want, you don't screw around with that comes, dude. He comes from a family that how many things are we beats ass on the on wrestling podcast today. These are all compliments. I think that they would be appreciated. No, I, I love that he. I, I love that. I like. I ain't trying to recruit no soft offensive lineman. If I'm a coach, no pass. Um, Especially Bill Beanbo. Yeah, if you're yeah. A, that's the other thing. If you're a wrestler, there's something a little off about you, and it's a hundred percent. We say that though, and I hate to pick then, on somebody, uh-huh, but then you have yep. like the polar, not polar opposite, but like the opposite of that in a way. And a guy that's on the team right now, and Bray Walker, that just right. he hasn't he hasn't ever put it together. Yeah, and wasn't just a wrestler; was a very good wrestler. Sure, like it's one thing to be like, oh, you know, I did it to kind of stay in shape or whatever. Like Bray was a state champ. Like the, the, it's not a in a state that has a lot of good wrestling. Um. I, uh, Sounds like he that, needs that, some time with Jamal Brown, maybe. Yeah, did Orlando Brown a lot. Just of go kids. live with him for a yeah. a month during the summer. Mm-hmm. Might not be the worst idea. Uh, that's it's. I mean, because you'll, I, you know, I still get people like, oh, you know, I didn't like him that much out of high school. Then you're crazy. Like six six wingspan like that moves like he can move like I'll. You can you can knock him for whatever. Talent is not Bray Walker's problem. I that, will say uh, you'll never ever convince me. You would agree, though, that Jacob Sexton's much more flexible than Bray Walker. Uh, wh- how do you mean? Just, I feel like he has better feet. I feel like he bends better. Like I've always, bends, for some reason, yeah. maybe I could give you that. I think bends would probably be the best way to say mm-hmm. it. Maybe yep. not better uh, feet. I, I just bends yep. better. 
Yeah, Br- Bray Bray wanted to play a little too high. I I could give you that for sure. Um, which is strange again from a wrestler where you've got at you're, sure. you're moving around, you're you know coming down to a knee, you're doing all that stuff. You should that should be second nature. So that he is just one of those stories that I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll turn it around the last couple of years here, but. He's one of those stories that will never make sense to me. I mean, sure. it just seemed tailor-made to work out, and it just so far has has done nothing. And who knows? Um, I mean, I guess we're not necessarily closing the book on the kid. It just sure and, no, this, he's and this doesn't want to. We I don't want this to turn into the uh, Rip Bray Walker, but I think that's a very easy comparison to make when you're talking about a guy like a Jacob Sexton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think there. Um, I think there's some comp to to Rame. I don't think he is as he's certainly not as ready as Rame was. Um, you know, I, I still remember people being like, oh, Rame's going to need time. I don't know what planet you were living on. Rame was as technically sound as any young offensive lineman I'd seen in years, and it made sense. He had coaches that just few guys in the country could – I mean, had former NFL offensive lineman, former college you know, player was his coach, I mean, or his position coach. So, I mean, there were just all these things that helped him and he was just very, very good. Um, but kind of like Rame, and that Rame wasn't a big weight room, or like, not that Jacob's not a weight room guy, not that Rame isn't either, but that wasn't the overriding portion of their game. That's not what you noticed about them. And Jacob's the same way, but still, just like Rame, could play guard, could play tackle. I don't think Jacob's a potential center like what we all think Rame might end up this year. But, you know, there is, there, there's similarities in those guys, there's no doubt. Just lastly on uh, Sexton, I would add, and we talked about it in the interview I went up and did with him in, at Deer Creek. I think that the idea that you know they were mad at OU or OU was mad at him, I think that was probably like a lot of things overblown. But I certainly wouldn't say it was nothing. I think that's probably fair to say that they just needed it needed to be probably communicated better. Is that was I, my read on the situation at least? I think that's fair because when I talk to uh, the funny thing about the Jacob conversation that I had following Champ U was it was the night that he had visited Oklahoma. I had it in my head that he was visiting the next day, so we just kind of went. I wanted to get his feelings before he went, and instead I was getting his feelings afterward. And so it was like it was weird because I interpreted it one way, and then when I realized I had screwed up, I was like, oh. Okay, let me read this a little differently. So it it kind of changed the way I looked at it, but there's no question. He was a little confused about how the Champ U situation got handled. I don't think there there's any doubt, and I know some people that, you know, were I guess around him on a couple of his official visits that, you know, I, I think that was there was some concern in general with how committed OU was to him. That I think that was what as much as anything had to be cleared up when he took that visit. And it sounds like that's what happened. And from what I can gather, that's when he told Oklahoma, okay, I'm in. You know, like it, it sounded like that was the time when that came to pass. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, like I always say, we'll see. And I know that's kind of my fallback, but it sounds like, oh, you did a very good job of kind of cleaning up what could have been an ugly mess. All right. Uh, it's particularly interesting, too, just because of the conversations that we've had. You know, going back to last week, as far as the way that Oklahoma recruits in state, I find I find that fascinating. Just with how Shetram played out, and even though it probably wasn't as big of a like oh you misstep as much as it was being able to just 
I, I don't know. Communication solves a lot, I guess. Okay. Uh, now, we don't have to do an emergency pod, uh, so don't ask for it, because uh, it's not over, or it, it wasn't over. There was still another domino to fall in recruiting, uh, and Josh... Why don't you let everybody know uh, about Oklahoma's newest commitment uh, that has just happened? Guys, when you've done this as long as I have, it, it's exciting to like feel something that feels really common. Oh, you landing a guy at Bishop Gorman? That feels like perfect for me. And that's, that's what they've done here in getting offensive tackle Jake Taylor from the Las Vegas area. This is a... This is a school that produced Ryan Reynolds, produced DeMarco Murray, and a uh, uh, another guy we'll leave off the list just for a, the we don't want to associate with uh, with Jake with some of the the things that happened. But Oklahoma has been a heavy well, presence at Gorman for a long Reynolds? time. I mean, I'm did you get Ryan Reynolds in there? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Ryan, yeah, Ryan okay. was first. Like, oh, okay. Because okay. I mean, the, I got to put yeah, a hammer no. to your head or anything. Come on. <laughs> well, I I know. Uh, see, my brain started working, and I was thinking, oh, you're talking thinking about this guy but you actually forgot about that guy but you didn't forget about that guy i forgot about no we guy. forgot about tate martell that's who we were trying to <laughs> <laughs> yes hey and gorman also i mean if you want to go with okay you know those guys were linebackers running backs gorman also the home of ronnie stanley arguably you know the best tackle in the game right now yeah. for the baltimore ravens so that they they have some track record at this position and this is a guy i like a lot I, you know i said earlier I thought, you know, we had um, – uh, who was I dis- – oh, Derek Moore. I thought we have him low. Jake Taylor is not a member of the Rivals 250. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. I, I don't know Rivals hate what we've seen, what what we're doing there. I, I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i been sending a lot of hate mail to Adam Gorney and company, so we'll, we'll see if we can get that fixed. But this he, is a guy blo- that – He's probably blocked all incoming emails from anybody associated with the 405 to begin with. So that's probably yes. why you're not getting a response. Yes, because, I mean, <laughs> as we've established, guys from Pennsylvania hate Oklahoma. That, right. That's just a rule that a lot of people don't know, but it's just a hard fact. So, um, But, no, Gorney's a guy I go way back with. I, I need to have the conversation kind of see, because I know he's seen Jake in person. And funny enough, I've seen Jake in person, but he was a puppy, and I wasn't watching him. I was so focused that day on Kendall Milton and Bijan Robinson and several other guys out at that L.A. camp a couple of years ago. So I've seen him, but, again, I had no memory of it. And this is why Eddie's policy of just videoing every rep of every single O-line, D-line at a rival's camp is always the best policy, and I should follow it more than I do. Um, but, but anyway, Jake is a guy, great size, kind of like what I was talking about with Jacob Sexton. Really carries his weight nicely. He, he's like, he's listed at 6'6, 290. He looks lean for it. He's not a big, heavy guy. He's not a guy that OU's going to have to take 30 pounds off of. But at the same time, he's big enough that you're not, he's not one of these guys like, um, oh, for a name for a kind of a blast from the past, like a Corey Brandon that was so talented, but boy, they just never could put weight on him. And I don't think that's going to be a problem for either of these guys. And Jake, um, I talk about it in my in my commitment breakdown video. He is a guy that when you watch him on tape, I can't not think of all the ways OU is going to love having him on that GT counter because whether it's him showing the athleticism to pull or being the guy that seals, that's when I notice him when he has to turn when he has to close an edge. He does it 
as well as any lineman you'll see in the country this year. He turns a shoulder, really gets downhill, and there is just a gaping hole for the Gorman running backs to go through. So he is um, he's a guy I, I'm a big fan of, and like I said, I think we've got him underrated, and I think that will lead to maybe some of our members not appreciating what a big win this is for OU. Does he have a little bit of an Andrew Ramish vibe to him? Like, he's a little bigger, a little longer. Yeah, but I know what you're saying. Sure. But when you're talking about a guy Um, that can move like he did, and I I just remember, you know, Ram was such a really good baseball player. It just seems like that Mm -hmm. it's a certain type of body style. Um, there are some clips, and and I, Kerry probably should go through this because he's going to love this comparison. He has some Ben Powers in there. There is some boy. He's right on the ragged edge, like you, because you know, like I'll see him. You know, he's trying to throw a forearm into somebody, but boy, he gets a little extra in there when he can. And I, and I and th- again, this is not a knock. I love this about him. Um, but this is a dude that plays nasty. This is, you know, I, I know sometimes people will see guys, you know, he's he's a private school guy, and he's from Las Vegas. He's a what? No, no, don't fool yourself. This is a dude that likes to play football. He plays it a certain way. And the best thing I can tell you, look at his final three schools, OU, Alabama, and Notre Dame. I don't know that there's any three schools right now that are consistently putting out and playing or putting out NFL offensive linemen and playing at a really high level as a unit than those three schools. They're yeah. they're just churning out dudes right now. So the fact that those three schools were ready to take him and zeroed in on him says a lot about what he is. I want to say those are the last three schools that win the Joe Moore Award. Uh, no, LSU, LSU won it in 2019. Oh, LSU. Yeah, yep. they should have won mm-hmm. it. That mm-hmm. offensive line was massive. Yeah, that was a good bunch. Um, That's kind of like who the won it? Uh, Alabama won it last year. I think Notre Dame won it after Oklahoma or before Oklahoma. Because see, OU won it in eighteen. Then LSU would have won. So it. there'd only be two. It might have been two. Notre Dame that won yeah. it last year. I'm pretty sure it was Alabama. I thought it was Alabama. I'm, I'm looking. I'm efforting. I thought Notre um, Dame would won it. I know that they've been in there. Like they they've been finalists. I know that. Al- oh, it's there's been a lot of winners. Alabama won it first in 2015, then Iowa, then Notre Dame, then Oklahoma, then LSU, then Alabama again. Okay. Okay. So three of the last four years are represented in his finalists. Yeah. That's that's not nothing. I mean, like I said, he's and uh, uh, you know just a. A, you know, a good dude to deal with, but you can tell, man, he, he, uh, kind of like what I'm talking about with Creed, he runs hot. There, there, there's no doubt he's got some nastiness to Maybe him. A little Drew Samia. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, I think probably a little longer than Drew was, but I know what you're talking like style wise. Yeah, there, there's definitely some of that. All right. Well, uh, Outside of that, some big announcements still to come. Uh, OU may uh, have another quarterback coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, some other big names out there. But, uh, Josh, uh, kind of give us a preview here. I mean, we got the Big 12 Media Days coming up next week. Uh, Bob and Eddie and I will be down in Dallas, unfortunately, at Jerry World and not at the Star, uh, which is much better to be yes, at. Yes, it is. Um, much better. And... Uh, you know, outside of that, then we get back into recruiting as soon as Big Twelve Media Days are over. Uh, kind of, are we starting with Malachi Nelson, or is there someone before him? 
I think there's a couple possibilities between now and then on um, on July 18th. Um, now, obviously, we'll start with first is the one we know is Trayon Webb. Uh, the day before on July 17th. Okay. I can remember. He'll announce in Jacksonville. Yep. Yeah. He's the 17th. And then Malachi follows on the 18th. I, I still feel very good about both those situations for Oklahoma. So I, I think they are in a very good place for, to land both of those guys. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, you, you, you don't know. It's with Webb. Nelson, I, I think it would be a pretty tectonic shift at this point if it wasn't Oklahoma. Um, the guys that I would watch kind of between now and then are, uh, you have to kind of keep Luke has uh, on watch because you keep hearing stuff that he, you know, that he's really big on Oklahoma. He kind of knows what he wants to do. We, we don't know. I mean, he, Luke, Luke denies that. And, you know, to his credit, he, he's going to save his moment for whenever it's right. But there is definitely a consensus amongst a lot of people that Oklahoma has developed a pretty commanding lead there. And with an in-state guy, you just never know. I mean, they, they could do it. He might he might wait a year from now. I mean, it, it's unknown, but there is a feeling that it's all there if he wants to go ahead and pull the trigger. Um, two others I would watch, Caden Helms, the, the tight end from Nebraska. I feel like every week we kind of mention him as a possibility. I've been told Kind of the holdup for Jake Taylor and his announcement, that was supposed to happen, I think, kind of over the weekend, but he was working on a commitment video, and then that kind of slowed him down. I'm told Caden Helms is in the same process. So I think a decision has been made. Now we're just waiting for how he's going to announce it, what he's going to do. But that feels like the next week that should be resolved. The guy that I don't think enough people are talking about is George Fitzpatrick, the big offensive lineman from Colorado, another champ U guy that was there on official visit. I think it's coming down to Ohio State and Oklahoma. I think Ohio State's probably just a little bit ahead right now. But if he picked Oklahoma, it shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean, they're right there. And I know Ohio State is starting to get into a numbers crunch where they may not be able to take him because they're waiting on Cam Dewberry and a player named Emil Wagner from Ohio. So there's a little bit they've got to work through. Uh, before they kind of know that verdict. But, yeah, I mean, those two, Kenyatta Jackson from uh, Shamanad Madonna, uh, the big defensive lineman, you've got to think, oh, you can start to go to him and say, hey, man, we, we've got Derek Moore. We need you with us. You know, the, Jamar Cain can start pouring in more and more attention to him. Uh, Jaden Scarlett, the defensive lineman who has just announced he's going to transfer to Argyle, uh, kind of north of Dallas, just south of Denton, frankly, Um I think that's going to be an OU A&M battle. I think it's really close. Uh, I think A&M probably leads, but it's it's tight. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. So those are the guys. I mean, I know that that's how crazy it is right now. Like, usually I'm like, ah, you know, one, two, maybe. It's four or five guys that could still happen before the end of this month, in my opinion. It seems like, just from the names that you've thrown out there here, if they're if they haven't busted the door down yet, if you if you haven't considered that they're busting the door down yet, it seems like on the defensive side especially they are so so very close to becoming. I don't want to say in that elite realm as far as defensive recruiting goes, mm-hmm. but goddamn, they're close, aren't they? They are. I mean, you, you know, if you can go, you get that win. You go get Gabe Dindy. You go get Amaria Bohr. You start doing some of that stuff. You're all over everybody's radar because Amaria Bohr is pretty much going to come down to OU, Alabama, and Ohio State. You beat those two for a D lineman, you've done work. I mean, there's just there's no other way to say that. Uh, Gabe Dindy, as much connection as he has to OU, 
A&M and Ohio State are giving that dude the full court press. So it's not, it's not nothing to win that battle. And if you start winning those kind of fights, and again, with, with Dindy, you're talking about a kid in Florida. Now, I know he's moving and there, there's other things going on there, but that's still a big, big win. And for Oklahoma to go in and start landing these front-line guys, again, Kenyatta Jackson, that's a guy that I know loved his official visit to OU for the champ U. So there is, um, there's a very real chance that when you compile the last class and this group with kind of, you know, guys like Latrell McCutcheon and some of the other, you know, bigger name guys in that group, Kelvin Gilliam, that's when you start, like we, you know, we talked about it earlier and, you know, and I know Bob has referenced this a lot. You have to continue to stockpile it. it you can't have, you know, it's great. Your, your front four is good. Cool. Eventually running 70 plays against Alabama, you need a two deep. You've got to have more bodies than that. And that's what Oklahoma is starting to make that push toward doing where they can just keep rolling out big, impressive dude after another. I, I, and I guess I, it should be noted, too, that another week has passed in which Chris McClellan hasn't pulled the trigger to Ohio State. I, I would assume that's good news. And, like, how does that – does Gabe Dindy's decision, if he jumps at Ohio State, that obviously would affect McClellan's position with Ohio State, wouldn't it? It, it would. I mean, and that's, that's where it gets tricky because, you know, I know um, – you know, I mentioned obviously earlier, you know, George Fitzpatrick could be out of a spot because of Cam Dewberry. Well, there's a lot of that connectivity in defensive line recruiting because, like, I've, we talk about all the time on the pod, there's only so many of those guys that can play at the level of OU, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. There's not a lot of those guys going around. So they all, it tends to be kind of a domino effect. So if Oklahoma, you know, if, if Alabama, excuse me, if Ohio State, were to surprise everybody and steal Dendy, what does that do to McClellan? Like, the, the, there are moves that kind of are involved. Or, you know, you say, oh, you want, uh, you know, the, a good example is, um, uh, and I'm going to blank on the name right now, oh, oh Anai White, a, a big-time guy out of the Philadelphia area that is kind of looking like he's going to come down to Alabama and Ohio State. Well, if he picks Ohio State, that may close the door on Kenyatta Jackson. Okay, great. So OU lands Kenyatta Jackson, right? Well, maybe not. Maybe Alabama says, well, we lost an eye white. We're going to go get Kenyatta Jackson. So it is a never-ending series of like kind of moving cups, just trying to figure out where things are going to land. But Oklahoma, uh, to their credit, has done a very good job in recent years of kind of staying there with guys that maybe people are like, oh, no, you don't have a chance. Reggie Grimes being an outstanding example of no one thought this time in Reggie Grimes' senior year, OU was not a blip on the radar of his recruitment. And now, you know, he's about to start his sophomore year, and a lot of people are really excited about him. So there are, there are things that OU excels at. I think that's one of them, kind of staying in the fight when maybe they, you know, and I, I, you know, for years I would say OU would stay in fights they shouldn't stay in. They've proven an ability to figure out when they should and when they shouldn't with this new staff. These guys are very good at knowing when to cut bait and when they should hang around. It's amazing that it's all the same schools. <laughs> Ohio State, yep. OU, <laughs> A&M, and then sprinkle in, you know, insert whatever school on the West Coast, Midwest, wherever. Yep. Georgia, Clemson. I mean, like, sure. especially positionally. Sure. I mean, that's what I think that's what OU fans, it's a great point, Eddie. That's what you fans should take a lot of solace in. When they're recruiting defensive linemen, they're not battling Texas anymore. They're not battling 
Kansas State or Michigan or, you know, like, and don't get me wrong, all good programs, all produced NFL defensive linemen. But when you're going, when you want to be the best, you need to be going against Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. Those are the schools that have for years been recruiting the elite dudes up front. If you're battling those schools, and even if you only win 30% of the time, you got, you know, three out of 10 really good players there. Those schools aren't involved with chumps. So you're going to do fine if you can land some of those guys and then find a guy or two that maybe you like, you project well, you think fits your scheme maybe better than another guy that's that's headed elsewhere. I, I, I mean, I just think, you know, while we're talking about that, the landscape of it all, I, I mean, I don't know what you've thought just watching what's going on at Oregon, um, but it seems like you look at Oregon, I don't know what's going on with USC, really. It seems like they have a win and then they have a setback. I mean, Texas just seems like, it, well, and it's because we see our our subscribers, our message board people going to Orange Bloods all the time and pointing out all the chaos. Uh, but judging from the Crimson Corner, it seems like it's a major meltdown at Texas right now with recruiting. There's another school in that state right now that's making a lot more waves than the SMU. one in, in Austin. It's the school in Dallas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they get a George commitment Hudson on they, Biddle. They get a commitment today in Chase Biddle. So it, it seems like uh, Rashad Samples is certainly finding his footing as a young coach in that DFW area. If this, uh, if he lands anybody else elite in the Dallas area, what odds do you give it that he ever coaches Chase Biddle or Jordan Hudson? <laughs> you think yeah. somebody's going to come high? Like, gonna come he better be going exactly. month to month in Dallas in a, an exactly. apartment. Is that what I mean, you're and, and I mean that is a credit to him. Like sure. you land those kind of dudes at SMU, you get a better job. Like that. That's just that's the way that goes. And he can tell these kids, oh, SMU is going to be a powerhouse. He damn well knows what he's going to be doing and and that's fine like that that's that's it's just climbing the ladder i mean he's just trying to get to a better place that's fine but it's just one of those things where that that's always the tough part about landing these kind of guys at a program like smu because we all know who's doing i mean we all know who's pulling the strings here who's making this happen and it's samples he's having the impact that brian carrington dreams about having (laughs) (laughs) yes and with far less tweets and garbage and just uselessness. Although you gotta say, since Carrington got to USC, USC He's hasn't some done wins. too poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I, you gotta be fair. You have to be a Helen Keller mute not to be able to recruit to Los Angeles oh, and USC, right? You're not wrong. I mean, I just you feel like that's wrong. the easiest thing that somebody can throw out there. I mean, with really, like you know, you're, you're talking about OU battling. Uh, you know Alabama and Notre Dame and uh, you know Georgia A and M, like that's the thing out there is like Oregon's always fighting USC for players, and now not just are they winning those, but they're getting guys that you know other national powers want. Uh, that is it. I guess it's kind of messed up to say it out loud, but like I'm more surprised by Oregon's rise than I am with what SMU's doing and getting some DFW kids to stay local. But see, we—I mean, the problem was we've seen this before with Oregon. It was just sure. the Will Lyles train that sure. fell off the tracks. But guys, you know, you look at it. Okay, they got Kelvin Banks, and we all know I am—I am front of the line in the Kelvin Banks fan club. So the, the, I not dis, dissing that at all. That's a huge win. Okay, they got Nick Anderson, Rodney's little brother from Katy. 
They got Cameron Williams from Duncanville, a three-star guy. And they got Stefan Johnson, a three-star kid from, you know, and, and Landon Hullaby, another. So they've got four three-stars and Calvin Banks. So, like, yeah. it, it gets – what blows me away, and I mean, I guess beating, it shouldn't, is Ohio State. It's beating out for the kids, though. That's, yeah. Uh, that's that, what's that's getting all the attention. Mm-hmm. That's it fair. To, it has to drive Texas fans mad, though. Uh, yeah. I, I can't even imagine. Brennan Thompson now, too. Who Oregon is? The, with that, the that. trying to really promote the mm-hmm. track part of it, with all that Oregon yeah, brings that, to that table. Well, it's also that interesting seeing that tweet the other day about the four quarterbacks from Texas at the Elite Eleven. Sure, that Wegman, yours, uh, I'm trying. Who are the uh, Klubnik and uh, yep. one other guy? But four. none of them were Texas guys. I mean, oh, it's that, Simpson, Ty Simpson. No, no Ty Simpson it was the. From, uh, it was the uh, Gosh, from Tennessee. It, it is the kid that's committed to uh, Malik Murphy. No, he's from California. Oh, he's is from he? Sarah. I'm um, damn, I don't know. I have to look. Who, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, but no, you know, it is that. That's been a problem with them for years, guys. Like we've talked about all these guys. You know, you you go back to the the early, you know, or the late two thousands. I mean, yeah, they had Case McCoy. But you had the kid from Lake Travis, or not Lake Travis? Um, was he Westlake kid? The the kid at Kansas, the 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 one years, or I guess the two years of Kansas really playing good football. Uh, what the hell was his name? Reesing, yeah, Todd Reesing. Oh. You had him as a Texas kid. You've had Baker Mayfield. You've had Kyler Murray. You've had all these great Texas quarterbacks, and none of them. I mean, and and it wasn't even like they passed on Texas. These were guys that just never like texas never gave a sniff to and it seems to be a continued problem well yours was committed right he was he was right. uh, i mean and i don't know what you do if you're texas in that situation you you'd rather play for tom herman okay cool man i don't i don't know what to tell you there that's uh that's crazy shit yeah it's just i it's just it i guess you can't say it's baffling but if i'm a texas fan that's what drives me crazy is, is you hired the guru to come in there and, I mean, if, if you're uh, Sarkeesian, the first thing you're doing is turning one of those guys. Like, that has to be your first job. It's like I, we were talking about uh, Chad Weiberg taking over at Oklahoma State. Like, his first goal is not to, you know, be friends with Mike Gundy. It's to find his Boone Pickens. It's to, it's to get his donors in line to start building stuff. Like, that's what he's got to do. It's clear. Sarkeesian had to come in there and make a splash and get a quarterback. The uh, the other kid was Nick Evers from uh, from Flower Mound. Oh. That's Sorry. right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, it was committed but, to Florida, right? Florida. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, hard to argue with what Florida's done with guys that kind of got overlooked in Texas. I mean, they made Kyle Trask, guy who didn't even start in high school. I do not uh, like their backup quarterbacks at Florida. I've seen them play quite a bit because I I just I don't. Do you mean the guys that will back up this year or the guys that backed him up last year? Guys that backed up Trask last year, Emory Jones. Yeah, Yeah, I don't like them. I'm not sold. I I don't like the arm talent. I mean, the athleticism's there. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. It's kind of a deal where the last year or two, Mullins run an offense that. Not really what he typically runs. I Which mean, those quarterbacks you know, are his Dak Prescott type quarterbacks, but yep. 
I mean, I think the thing to me that's most damaging about Mullen, yeah, he had Tim Tebow, uh, but he also had one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but you never would have known by the type of offense that he ran at Mississippi State. Like, I never expected Dak Prescott to be that good of a thrower in the NFL. I don't think any two coaches have a more confusing quarterback legacy than he and Jimbo Fisher. I don't know what to make of either one of them because yeah. I don't love like I, I they both get like called gurus and you look at Jimbo his quarterbacks are a dumpster fire the second they leave him but at the same time they're a lot of I mean he's produced a lot of NFL first round picks like there, there's just no arguing it but the what they do beyond him is just nothing I mean just all I mean Jamarcus Russell may be the greatest bust in NFL history um well, and then Kellen you look Mond at is ripe for that title i mean i don't well, like don't, him at all don't ask chris sims chris sims tell you he's gonna be a star um but uh and then you look at mullen and i mean tebow is a first round pick but on no uh, no no real planet should he have ever been and then dak was i mean a, a good throwing running back in in, in college but i mean He's clearly outplayed what we thought he would be. Kind of, I mean, on a much bigger scale, but kind of like Stacy McGee at Oklahoma. Like you saw that Stacy McGee at Oklahoma, you never would have thought, oh, this guy's going to have a ten-year NFL career. Just as you never would have thought, oh, Dak Prescott might lead the NFL in passing when when he gets to the Cowboys. Yeah, just a little aside there. Um, anything else you wanted to hit on before we get out of here on recruiting or? I guess uh, Ricky Zonza coming back, Bob? Yeah, I was going to throw that out to yeah. Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the way when he entered a portal, Porter Mojo didn't throw him out the door. Just said, hey, you keep practicing with the team. We'll see what happens. OU probably – it sounds like they try to grab a couple other kids to see if they can land them through through the portal. And last week, July 1st, came and went. You know, Now we know that if you're going to be a transfer now, you're – if you didn't have anything written by that point, not immediately going to be eligible for the season. So, bring I'm sure big coaches are Rick so excited. See what happens. If you're a coach, you got to feel like you know it's a sense of relief. Like God, we got past this shit finally. Yeah, yeah. You know, there yeah, are consequences to decisions. Yeah, you know, it's it's clear he doesn't fit what Moser has done in the past, but. From everything I've heard, Rick is doing everything Porter asking him to the best of his ability. It might not ever be the perfect fit. I kind of go back to like when Alex Grinch took over and guys like Trey Norwood and Buki were around and we're like, where the heck are they going to fit in with what Grinch is doing? But those guys had a good attitude. That's the same way with Rick. He's coming in with the right attitude. I don't know if he'll ever turn that corner, never be something, but he's not like, someone who's mad about being at OU or butting heads with 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 Moser he's he's going to do what he's asked to the best of his his ability and we're just going to find out if that's going to be enough to keep him in Norman his entire career or if he does probably might hit the portal following next season all right, uh, enjoyed it. A lot of stuff covered today, um, and uh, hopefully, you know, next week Big Twelve Media Days we'll have a lot more for you. Uh, get into some nitty gritty, kind of getting some nuts and bolts finally of football. I know it won't be like the massive. Uh, I think there's only a couple players per team coming in, but OU will go on the 14th, and then uh, is Texas the first day? I know Oklahoma State's the second day. 
on the OU's 15th. OU is the first day because it's Wednesday. No, that's what I'm saying. The OU is on the 14th, but I couldn't remember if Texas yeah. was on the 14th or not. No, I, I don't like, think they've ever had OU Texas on the same same day. Yeah, they have. I, and I like those days that. because <laughs> I like those days because the keeps the we Texas media the away from the OU people. Yes. Yeah. What are you gonna attack Chip Brown or something? No, I just say. <laughs> I mean, like they don't pay OU I coaches know, any I attention, you so you get more you time mean. to really spend with the players. I'm just ready coaches. to box somebody out in a scrum. It's been a while. Been a lot of turnover in the industry. I mean, uh, uh, Ant's gone and Clinch is out. And yeah, I mean, it's been two years, I guess. Yeah, it's been two years since we've been down there. A lot of people that have got out of the business in the pandemic. No, no kidding. I'm just wondering. I, I guess, just from a like a how everything's going to work standpoint. Yeah, we yeah. don't have a schedule. You know, I'm sure. Is there a microphone that we have to talk into for a breakout? I, I don't know. No clue. Listen to Bob Bowles. We talk about <laughs> nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All are, right. Are, are there any uh, officiating questions that will be asked? Uh, like, what's the. Uh, what what's it? I, I keep wanting to say Walt Frazier, but I know that's not it. Uh, it was Walt Anderson. But Walt he's Anderson, in the NFL. Now. Oh yeah, he's over at the yeah, NFL yeah, now. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if uh, what's his name will come in and do I can't it. Can't remember who's who replaced him at this point. I don't know, and I. What's the guy from? What's our, what's our guy from Kansas State on the onside? Oh, uh, that is uh, Reggie Smith. Reggie Smith. Smith. Will, that is oh. Reggie Smith. Maybe Reggie Smith's in charge this year. What's the big gun's name? I don't know. That's just terrible. Oh, Mike DeFee. Mike oh, DeFee. DeFee. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it'll be him. Uh, all right. Uh, maybe we'll get a Texas reporter uh, that's pissed off or something. It's always something great. You know, there's always something that somebody tries to like grandstand. This is going to be my big, my big moment. I'm going viral uh, with this. Right. With Kingsbury. Right. Legendary that was good stuff. It always it offers at least a well the best ever was moment. was the inside Texas guy I think Justin something where he it was Walt Anderson was the head refs and it was after they got screwed by OSU or OSU they lost to OSU oh, yeah mm-hmm. and he said uh, I he's like what what protocols do you have in place to prevent the egregious errors I count and he was like I counted seventeen this and four this and three egregious. And then he finished, and Walt's like, well, you must have a different set of stats than me because I, I don't keep egregious as, as an official stat. <laughs> it was just fantastic. I hope somebody attacks him. I mean, the way we're going, there are going to be people there that want to attack people. Good. I think. Just keep the cameras rolling. Unless it's rolling. me. Just yeah. keep the cameras Just keep rolling. it rolling. You got plenty of battery life. All right. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back again next week. Uh, we'll figure it out how this is going to work Thursday. with Big 12 Media. It's going to have to be Thursday. Yeah, we'll have to come back and do it on Thursday. Uh, at the day, which will be great. It'll be the day after Big 12 Media Day, so we'll have some, uh, maybe even have some interviews for First you. day of the British Open. Ooh, very nice. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks to Josh, to Bob, to Eddie. I'm Kerry, and we'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.